Powerful at Work Radio, Episode 30. Welcome to Powerful at Work Radio, the podcast for professionals who see their work as a calling. I'm your host, Rosa Ponce de Leon, and together we'll explore how people can position themselves to make a real difference with their work. We will cover topics ranging from leadership to emotional wellness to what true power looks like and everything in between. If you're ready to do work differently, tune in and join the movement. Now let's get after it. Tracy Lamoureux is a high-profile international award-winning publicist and founder and managing director of Lamoureux Media. Universal Women's Network 2020 Women of Inspiration winner for the Women in Media and author of the book Get Ripped, Build Your Brand with Effective Public and Media Relations. Working across industries from major entertainment projects to small businesses, Tracy is passionate about amplifying important messages and being a voice for those who need one. Recognized by media around the world for her 20-year campaign that helped free an innocent man from death row, to her work getting clients major media attention, she is a winner of the First Place Platinum Award Hamilton Spectator Reader's Choice for PR, and she has been frequently quoted in the international media on both human rights issues and as a public relations thought leader. A frequent guest on TV, radio, and high-profile podcasts around the world on topics of leadership, empowerment, and entrepreneurship, as well as all aspects of media and public relations. Hi, Tracy. So nice to have you all the way from Canada. How are you? I am very good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. For our audience that hasn't heard of you or or worked with you, tell us uh, a a brief journey of your story, and then we'll get into some of the, the bigger details. So yeah, my story is definitely a strange trajectory to public relations. So <laughs> in my bio, like it says in the first line, international award-winning publicist, and I do work across industries with celebrities and with you know entrepreneurs and all that stuff. But that is never something that I planned. And if I had, I probably wouldn't have been so successful at it. It literally came as a result of trying to help somebody, which I ended up being successful. And when you're in your 20s and you think you can change the world, sometimes yeah. you can. You yeah. Can. And, so and my- it's beautiful in your 20s when you don't know any different and you just persevere. Probably if you had to do it over again, you might navigate things a little differently. But one of the things I love about your story is it, it was just something you were passionate about and you stayed committed. And so I, I think a lot of young people right now look at the world and what it's offering and a lot of the changes and, and might be confused. And that's not really our the main audience for this podcast, but I think all of us can connect to the fact that we all have a role. Yeah. And and you knew your role at that age. Can you talk to us a little bit about that journey? Because like you said, you didn't plan this. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was empowered. When I tell the story of what we did, it always sounds epic and heroic. And people are like, wow. <laughs> but then I always it's hard not to, but then I always bring it back and say, Everybody would do this if they knew they could. It would help a free and innocent man from death row. And there's mm-hmm. not many people that if you if you told them they could do that, that they had the power to do that, and they believed it, they would say, nah, I'm too busy. I'm just going to watch the Netflix. 99% of people would do something about it. Thing is, people are not empowered. They don't feel mm-hmm. empowered. They don't feel like they can make a difference with that and with things in their own life. And this is not just Pollyanna talk. This is real stuff that I've learned from mm-hmm. doing stuff that I should never have been able to accomplish, like helping her learn to write a press release in Alta Vista that years later, they ended up g- gathering a team that ended up making enough noise, that ended up getting all that attention, that ended up drawing the attention of the legal community, that ended up doing the work they had to do, that ended up opening those doors that nobody ever thought could open and freeing an innocent man who now has a voice and is spreading beautiful st- stories and 
hope and all kinds of, you know, positive messages. My story is a story that anybody can relate to, too, because I had that light bulb moment when I was still just doing entry level sales for my day job while accomplishing this really neat stuff. And it just like, like it, it, for me, it was the passion to say, working on something, a cause, like it is for a lot of people, but it could even be a hobby that you really love. People don't look at the skills and the things that they've developed over here that maybe could end up creating a life that they actually love instead of hating their nine to five every day here. Oh, totally. I, I couldn't agree with you more because the thing is, everybody has some type of value to offer. And, and even if you might have a mundane job right now, you have to believe that everything's going to work out. And for you, one of the biggest factors to your story is how many connections and people jumped on board and you created this movement to this day have been able to even become a, a PR specialist. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit to how those connections happened? Like, how did you develop all that? Just Well, you touched on something really important there. And I think this is true of everybody. I read recently two years ago or something, because I read a lot in psychology today. And they were saying that really the number one skill in life, you know, to, to succeed in life beyond being good at math, beyond anything else is being able to communicate well. And that's the same thing as if you can't communicate well, you can't build those connections, right? Mm. So I've always worked from a place of authenticity and genuineness. I don't care if you talk to me in a business perspective or from an activist perspective, or you and I are talking, or I'm talking to a police officer down the street, I'm talking, anybody's going to get the same perspective. You know, this is who I am. The red haired girl has a lot of opinions, and you'll see, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And so I think, especially in today's world, you can't really be fake and phony. You can't fake it. There's too mm -hmm. many forms. There's too many opportunities to mess up. If you're pretending to be something that you're not, you're not going to have it all right. You're going to say something wrong. You're going to, people who really are, you're going to be caught out. So mm -hmm, don't do mm -hmm. that. You know, even in business, I'm sure there are people that I never heard from maybe who chose not to hire me because they'd look up and say, oh, red hair girl. I don't know. I, I was thinking about <laughs> someone more serious looking, but that's fine. That means I'm not their publicist, right? Yeah. I never heard from them. That's fine. But who I do hear from all the time, steady line of customers are the ones that do resonate with me when they hear me. When they mm -hmm. So your vibe does attract your tribe in real life, in business. And again, you're better off just being yourself. Don't be arrogant about your accomplishments. People talk about the difference between success and arrogance. Be happy about, like, be praise yourself, happy to put yourself up. That's not being arrogant. Women often think that's being arrogant. Mm -hmm. Be, you know, out there. What's arrogant is thinking you're better than other people. That's mm -hmm. arrogance. Thinking that your accomplishments makes you intrinsically better, then you're being arrogant because it doesn't. You're no better than anybody you meet. You've had different circumstances in life. You've had different, you went down a different path. And like I always say, I work with people who, not just the celebrities, but regular people from the real estate agents, and they all have amazing stories and they have a lot to say. And every single person, I don't care if you clean toilets for a living at the hotel, you have a story. I could get you quoted in the media because you have a story. You have an interesting story. You know things that we don't know as well because there's things around that job. You know a lot. There's, right, right. Every single person, like you said, has value. And they, and I'm often called a power woman, and you probably are too. Mm -hmm. We all really have a power, whether you have done stuff, our accomplishments in life that you're proud of, or whether you think, oh, no, they're not talking about me. Uh-uh. Every woman. If someone's counting on you, if you made it through the day, if you were going to jump off a bridge, but then you didn't, and you got through to today, yeah, all the story. stuff that you, you know what I mean? All those, people are having hard times right now. People are yeah. overwhelmed. So for all, all that stuff, whatever you got through, and some people have had it really rough, you didn't get through all that. 
to stop here today, to fail, to jump off a bridge, to, uh-uh, you made it. You made it. Good job. You're a power woman. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you don't I, know I, what's going to happen next. I like that you're putting out this this perspective because, and I see a real opportunity here. Hopefully we can have a decent conversation because I think in probably some issues we've been on opposite sides of the fence just based on our life. That's, that's I talk about that a lot when people say, what's the best way to communicate? Listen first, because yeah. a lot of times what you're thinking the other person is thinking, they're really not. Like you're right. exactly right. You know, in the anti-death penalty work, people might, the people who were like, we would we would have framed them as pro death penalty. They weren't. That's not the way. And they would have framed they, you know, they framed me as anti. But there's so many more levels to that. Right, right, right. right. One time I ended up breaking at, at a demo where we were like, you know, upset that they were killing a guy, and he was a guilty guy. And other people were in Texas protesting. You know, they were mad. At, they were they were all yelling at each other anyway. And I yeah. suddenly said, "Hold on a second. What did you just say?" Because she said something about, and I realized, no, they're what they're actually upset about is. And then I made it, and she actually went and deflated. We were on the same side in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Said, because it was Texas at that time, I don't know about now, didn't have life in prison. They literally had mm. two options, 20 years or the oh. death penalty. Wow. So these people are like, well, what are you, are you guys crazy? You want this nut bar out in 20 years to like hurt our families? Mm-hmm. That's crazy talk. Or right. we're just like, no, no, no. If you only had life in prison. So then when I said, hold on, actually, we'd be on the same side if they did these idiots just had life in prison, right? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so there you go. You could stop yeah. yelling about killing them. Yeah. I could stop defending these idiots. We're on the same side. We're just seeing different parts of the problem. You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's where I was just sharing with you how I see an opportunity where we can have a conversation. And I think in light of what's happening in the world, certainly in the United States this past year, it was a tough political election year where we had a lot of conflict and a lot of pointing fingers and a lot of people not listening. And I think that sometimes we make assumptions and Certainly for me, my perspective of activists this past year was rough because there was a lot of finger pointing in the direction of law enforcement and a lot of calling us names and just a lot of hatred. And it seemed like overnight this happened and and assumptions about the human beings that put the uniform on that were very difficult to to get through. Tell me a little bit about your perspective on social justice and, and where is it headed, you think, in light of all that? Because I don't think Certainly this past year, we were not listening to each other. I mean, I have friends that are police officers. My good friend, Amy Finn, she was one of the first women on the force in Chatham, Ontario, which really little, but now, now she's, she left after 30 years and retired. And now she's a politician. They loved her so much there. Like, the whole town, <laughs> they literally elected her, boom, like that. That's so, cool. Where things are going, I think that's such a difficult question right now. Even just if you talk about the, the racial question in America right now, I see it going like this more than like this. And the more I have conversations with, you know, because people are scared. Like when I talk to, you know, some of my friends in the black community, like 50 year old women, you know, professional women who's expressing to me, you know, in, in the South there, that she's literally afraid, like afraid, mm-hmm. like if she's not a radical, you know, just the, the, the perspective that you might have thinking, oh, all these people don't understand me. And they don't, because we all have a different perspective only mm-hmm. from our lived experience. So you right. wake up in the morning, you're like, no, I know when I put on the uniform, I'm not doing that. I know my three friends here aren't doing that. So these people, when they say we're all doing that, they're just wrong. You know, they know that, you know what I mean? Because you're in your bubble, but at the same time, they're in their bubble. And we Mm -hmm. have to make those bubbles meet because there's truths to all There's We're all in our bubbles. We don't want to see the reality that doesn't fit in with our bubble, right? We all do that. We don't want to see the 
80% of the police are nice. They don't want to see the 20% or 10% or 2% that we're the competent. We have to really be like, and it's really hard not to do that because we're naturally as humans, we know our bubble and we know our people and we trust our people, you know? And so when somebody is saying something that doesn't compute with what we see, we tend to discount all of it. So we need to really, again, everybody has to listen, but where it's going to go, I don't know. Right now it's going to be so crazy polarized. Not even so, not even so much. I wasn't, wouldn't even think about the law enforcement versus people, but you live that. So you see that, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I always think just in the, you know, in terms of the racial stuff is so frighteningly more deep than I thought it was in terms of people expressing stuff that I thought was a long gone, like a, a bigger percentage of people expressing things they thought were long gone and openly expressing them, you know. And then, but at the same time, I think it's healthy because we're happy. We're now these things are, are are being uncovered, and so hopefully we have a chance. Whether it's personally examining our own, I wasn't that healthy when I was thinking that way. I wasn't that healthy when I've been recorrected or learned things. And in that same way, we all have to be willing to correct, challenge ourselves, question ourselves, question our institutions to fix things not just the police but our schools like just across the board our politicians are not just on that issue but on this and find again those points of you know where we can all agree on things where do we start that we all agree on and then go out from there instead of starting on these points where we don't agree and we're screaming right yeah i think that common ground is definitely important and i think there's more more common ground far more common ground than we're being made to believe right now. And I think the difficult part when you when you talk about how everyone's in their bubble, I, I feel like because for me, it was very hard not to contract when when you're being attacked and, and right, of course. it's hard yeah. not to contract. I want to have a normal conversation with you, but this isn't a normal conversation. This is this yeah. is I'm being attacked. Right. And I think vice versa. People- yeah. Black community brought up the same thing when we started to read. And there were some really good pieces by police, actually, that expressed what you're talking about now. I don't remember their name, but there's a woman police officer and the wife of another officer that expressed that shock and that feeling like what the hell like I, this is not what I put on the uniform for and now I'm being attacked and then right. some people responded activists you know I guess not even activists I mean people from the black community that were reading and responding and some people said this was really heartbreaking to read but at the same time I actually saw analogies in that to how we feel how we're viewed how I'm afraid of how my son is viewed when he goes out by police or by mm-hmm. whatever. So maybe instead of the natural thing is to get mad at each other, but maybe we can all step back from this year and be like, that did not feel good. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that either. And I don't want that and, to happen either. And what can we do again to remember that we're all human? Right. Beings, and and know? I think there there's definitely a lot of healing that needs to happen. And the way that we have to do this is to talk about where we're at because I, I actually started my career in the black uh, neighborhoods in, in South Central and, you know, and right. in East LA and and, and bounced around in, in some of those areas but th- those communities were definitely part of where I started and I remember being really surprised because I grew up in a neighborhood very similar not in LA County but very similar where we had a, a very diverse community and so th- that feeling of being in, in those environments was not foreign to me but I was now in a uniform. And what I saw is that before I did anything, I felt like there was some tension already there to me being Already present. a lack of trust and anger. Yeah, yeah, and it was really hard. And we worked hard to, because we were assigned to the projects, we worked hard to collaborate. And we did manage some of that, but not everybody was open to that. And so that trust issue, even when you have decent people trying to connect with you that are in the uniform, 
and you already have that resistance, it's hard to yeah. get through that. And how do you cut through that fear? Even when I've done nothing to show you that I'm a threat, yeah, yeah. just because I'm I in the uniform, you feel about, that way. Is there, is there still a community? And I don't know my, enough about policing either in America or in Canada to know. But I think <laughs> part of the reason people are, you know what I mean? Long, long histories so, of distrust and everything. So the types but, of um, policing that does include community policing. There, there's a lot of on that. Here. But, but that's exactly what we were doing and where the yeah, resistance was like in place, were, yeah. where the resistance was in place. How do you get someone to understand that you're not a threat when it's so ingrained in that person? Yeah. And in a lot of types, it was generational. You had five-year-olds. Yeah, I, I was flipped yeah. off by five-year-olds. I was, I was called F-bombs. I was like, oh, this wow. is a five-year-old. And so, yeah. yes, of course, that five-year-old is going to grow up and be afraid of the police because he yeah, learned that yeah, somewhere, yeah. right? That's More seeing I- each other <laughs> as humans, right? Like it, it, yeah. all of people, just people yeah. like, you know, it's, you know, break down the barriers of celebrity or police or this person or that person, you know, really. And I often say I've been in the halls of power. I've known politicians and, and I've literally visited death row and mm-hmm. I've been and everybody in between celebrities and doctors and lawyers. If you were to take all those people and put them in each other's clothes and put them in a room and try to make people guess which of these hundred people is which, I bet you anything you're not going to know. So that's a end, good experiment right there. <laughs> right. In the end, we're all humans. And even yes. the worst person is better. You know, some is we said in the death penalty work, people are, you know, everybody's more than the worst thing they've ever done. Well, we're also less than the best thing we've ever done. Definitely. The healing needs to be deeper uh, for sure. We can't just stay on the surface. And and I like what you're saying about we're all human and we're all the same. And I, I really hope that that's where the so- social justice is headed. That would be the healthy thing. It seems like from the politics to the socials, mm-hmm. to the social issues, to the political, that the, the, the people are more rewarded now for being in dispute with the, the opposition instead of they are for saying, hey, why don't we talk there? They're like yeah. the celebrities or whatever you want to call them. The, the influencers on both sides are right. the ones that are like, rah, rah, rah. Not the one. If you're like, hey, you know what? I think we should have a conversation. They aren't the ones that get the tweets or retweets of the like. So uh, we have this culture now, whether it's the internet or the people, where everybody has to really ease up on the rage, maybe back down from whatever their good position is, even if their position is awesome, like we all think our position is, you know, mm-hmm, or we mm-hmm. wouldn't be holding on to it. Every one of us respected the other person, even the ones that you think are nuts and crazy. And then, right. you know, even the people that I think are whacked out, you know, even the people who are in fact, like, for example, completely opposed to me, like those people, those small percentage who are racist or even consciously, those people, even then, I'm not, I maybe, you know, if I don't figure out why, like address the actual reason, there's fear there. There's something there. There's something, you know, we can't get back, can't get through it by just yelling at them. And mm-hmm. we keep on yelling and we keep on yelling and I'm just as mad as the next guy and they're mad. At, right, right. You know, we're all mad, but you know what? We're not getting anywhere. We need, yeah, we definitely need to change the way we do it. And and like I said, I, I appreciate that you have an outsider's perspective. And I think in some ways, the media is not portraying some of the good stuff that is happening. So hopefully enough people are exposed to the to the proper way to to have a conversation and to yeah. see each other's point of view, that we can heal and, and be a better community. So and if we I'm have under- to all be that example, right? We yeah. have to all be like, take a deep breath. Yeah. All right. It's going to be okay. <laughs> we don't need to burn buildings and, and, and go have violence. Yeah. But so, so to, to kind of start a taper back or close down, you know, one of the things I'm hearing from you is that you have to stay true to yourself, that, that if you stay committed to this passion that you have, something good will come of it. And for you, 
some of the biggest things was the relationships that you developed and, and the assuredness that that not everybody's a connection for you, but there's enough people out there who will band with you to make something beautiful happen. Oh, I really yeah. appreciate and everybody that. has that power. Just believe in yourself and literally do it. Like it starts here. I would say, you know, build up your confidence and you can build up your dream, whether it's a business or whatever it is. And then uh-huh. hopefully go out in the world and do something good and help other people with it as well, whatever that might be, you know? Well, thank you for helping us with that perspective because I think many people might be frustrated in a in a dead-end job or, or even if they're not, they're just not playing big. They're not playing big. They're not going for it. And you give us hope that any person can go big. You do too with the power yeah. at work. You know? Yeah, like, let's get let's get powerful at work. Let's see, we, <laughs> turns out, turns out like it usually does. We have more in common than we probably yeah. do, have not in common. Which yeah. I honestly find with ninety percent of the time, whatever people disagree on, look at the other things. Stop talking about what you disagree about for a minute and yeah. open up the other things, and you're gonna be like, oh, me too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So. Thank you so much for bringing that perspective and and for being so willing to have a, a little bit of. It didn't end up being a difficult conversation. We can never learn. We're not, it's worthless if we only speak to people who agree with us all the time, right? Then we're not doing anything. And we also never, ever learn if we don't listen to people with other life experiences and perspectives. You're obviously a trailblazer too. (laughs) In a man's world, you know, women are still fighting their way in most (laughs) industries, let alone in like the army. We're making it happen though. Yeah. yeah, of course we are. Power women, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Tracy. Where can people connect with you if they want to reach out? At lamorimedia.com, which is L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E media.com, or on Instagram, Tracy Lamori PR Media. They can look at me and all my clients. We'll, all we'll include the links for sure in the comments. Or um, on or Lamori PR at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for listening to Powerful at Work Radio. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear weekly teachings to shift your perspective on how to thrive in the workplace and stories from experts and career professionals who are daring to do work differently. And we want to invite you to the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast. And you can also visit us on Facebook and join the group Empower to Bloom Tribe, where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your career journey and also interact with like-minded professionals. I'll see you there.